This week's comment, The Choice, by David Remnick, from The New Yorker magazine, June twentieth, two 2016. Before the emergence of Barack Obama, the idea of an African-American president was less a matter of political reality than it was the stuff of fantasy. With apologies to anticipatory figures from Frederick Douglass to Jesse Jackson, a black president resided for decades in the realm of popular culture, a figment of the liberal imagination. There were many such exhibits. Take the stereotype-flecked movie musical released during the Depression called Rufus Jones for President. Ethel Waters, in the role of the protective mother, urges her little boy, played by seven-year-old Sammy Davis Jr., to endure the taunts of the local bullies and aspire to greatness. "'You's going to be president,' she tells him. "'Me?' Rufus asks, incredulous. The mother falls into a reverie. She sees a crowd carrying placards that read, "'Down with the Reds, put in the Blacks,' and the boy is soon dressed in a sharp suit, speaking before the Senate." Such films, all the way to Head of State, in which Chris Rock plays a local Paul who ends up on Mount Rushmore, mapped the yawning distance between the wish and its fulfillment. For most of this nation's history, the prospect of a woman in the Oval Office had also reposed in the realm of speculative fiction. In 1964, Polly Bergen starred in Kisses for My President, in which she played Leslie Harrison MacLeod, the first female president. Naturally, her husband, played by Fred McMurray, is the focus of the movie. The first man wanders the White House, staring at paintings of Martha Washington and Abigail Adams, and wondering if he too will be depicted in such a portrait, wearing a bonnet. He especially resents the many hours during which his wife neglects him for matters of state. The natural order of things is restored only when President MacLeod gets pregnant and resigns her office. Now, Hillary Clinton, having won primaries from New Jersey to California, has clinched the Democratic Party's presidential nomination, and the battle she faces is likely to be more bizarre than even Mars Attacks, in which Natalie Portman, playing the president's daughter Taffy Dale, becomes the first female commander-in-chief only after the entire government is wiped out by alien invaders. Clinton will have to campaign with unwavering poise against the most dangerous and unpredictable variety of opponent, a demagogue who is willing to trespass every boundary of decency to win power. Has a national election ever suggested a more vividly divergent choice? Hillary Clinton has been in the public eye for decades, and her ideology, her instincts, her mistakes, her victories, her intelligence and character, her resilience, are as exposed as those of any candidate in recent memory. Donald Trump, gaudy real estate brander, reality show star, educational huckster, has been in the glare just as long, but as a bit player in the national phantasmagoria. Not anymore. With his puckered scowl and his preposterous narcissism, he clinched the Republican nomination with ease, serially vanquishing sixteen rivals rendered hapless by a campaign that made improvisation its organizing principle and fueled itself on an unending stream of personal insult, racist woofing, and misogynist bile. The current leadership of the Republican Party and most of its traditional funders show every sign of knowing that a pernicious buffoon has become their standard-bearer. And yet, they have largely fallen into line. They dare not betray the wisdom of their voters. 
There's Orrin Hatch of Utah, with his reputation for integrity, telling his constituents that Trump doesn't have a prejudiced bone in his body. There's Paul Ryan, the self-advertised model of Republican probity and deep thinking, allowing that, yes, Trump is guilty of textbook racism, but refusing to edge away from his squeamish endorsement. And there is Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, providing this piece of moral discernment. Well, what I am willing to say is that Donald Trump is certainly a different kind of candidate. McConnell has hinted that he could rescind his support, but what are the odds? Some members of the GOP rank and file have expressed clear disgust for Trump, and the Bushes have announced their refusal to vote at all. Even the party's most ardent supporters in the press sense doom. Have Republicans no shame? Eric Erickson, the conservative blogger and broadcaster, wrote last week. They're handing their nomination to a gold-plated fraud.